Welcome to The One That Works For You, the podcast that celebrates the little things you can do as a business owner to find that oh-so-elusive trifecta, fulfillment, balance, and success. I'm Liv Steigrad, a brand strategist and copywriter and owner of The Branding Psychologist. My co-host, Martha Bernard-Ray, is an SEO copywriter, TEDx speaker, and founder of WorkCandy. On this podcast, we talk to business owners in the messy middle as they work out what the balance looks like for them and how they get it done on the daily. Our biggest lesson? From money to mindset, building a lifestyle you love to chasing what makes you joyful, the very best system is the one that works for you. Hello, 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 listeners, and welcome back to The One That Works For You. Today, we have Cassandra Lee, who is the founder of the Quirky Pineapple Studio and the host of the I'm Lost So What podcast for multicultural and hyphenated folks who are carving their own path between belonging and standing out. And Cassandra is tuning in today from Spain where it is bright and early for her. So thank you for getting up to chat to us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, So I have so many questions just from your bio. Um, Tell me a little bit about the multicultural and hyphenated folks and how does that link to your business? I mean, what what is your business, first of all? (laughs) <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Both of them. Um, I mean, I know because I've Googled you, but yeah. tell the listeners. <laughs> uh, I'll start with the business and then I'll share about the multicultural hyphenated folks. Mm. So actually, I think I do similar work to both of you. Uh, so the Quirky Pineapple Studio is a brand strategy and content marketing studio. Uh, we also offer copywriting services and we mostly work with BIPOC, um, queer and feminist founded brands, uh, thought leaders, or companies. And yeah, we've been running for five years. And yeah, we do all of the written stuff. So social media, blog posts, emails, um, all the good things that people seem to forget still exist because Mm. of short form video content now. Totally. Liv, how great is Cassandra? I want to be Cassandra. I know. I, grow up. I know. Maybe one day. No, I read, I read through both of your websites too, and I'm like, these are awesome. Oh, thanks. No, <laughs> I'm in the process. I'm in the process of like taking it back to scratch and sort of revisiting like my values and like kind of what you said, like queer, BIPOC, feminist. Um, that's who I want to be helping. So um, keep an eye out on my Mm. website, maybe probably in like three months from now or maybe longer. But um, what you said, how you explained what you do really, really, really resonated with me. Um, And so you founded the studio. How long have you been running it for? Uh, We founded it. Oh, we, I say we, uh, it was me. Um, (laughs) Totally. I founded it in December, 2017. So by the end of this year, it'll be six years in business. Um, and it's me, my partner actually quit his full-time job a year ago and joined us. So he runs operations and like finance and admin stuff. And then we have a couple other like contract writers that help. Sugar mummy. I know. Yeah, Yeah, girl. (laughs) Yes. That's great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll have to share about that process because... uh, when we talk about like ideal aligned average day and like yeah. what we want our days to look like, him coming in was 
Oh my God. Tell us. Process. Tell us. Tell us. (laughs) Jump Uh, straight into it. Like don't hold back mm, on this story. mm -mm. Okay. Well, well, let me share about the multicultural stuff because you asked about the um, podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So the podcast has nothing to do with the business actually. I... I think in 2021, um, we got super busy with, well, in 2020 and 2021, um, the business kind of like blew up really during COVID because a lot of people realized that they needed digital marketing. They wanted to actually learn. I had the same experience. Marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got super busy just doing all the things for all the people. Um, I had a little bit of like a crisis with social media. I left it because I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, I started like a personal newsletter and I was like, this is not enough. Um, I'm missing out on something. And then I had like secret resentment towards my clients because I was giving them all of my creative juices. Uh, and I just felt like they sucked. They don't suck, but I personally was not putting up boundaries to like have a creative project to mm. of my own. Um, and that's when I started brainstorming this idea of like this podcast because I wanted to explore more about what it's like to be multicultural, um, what it's like to kind of explore like, I guess, different human emotions mm. that we all like. Experience. Um, I didn't want to talk about marketing. I didn't want to talk about brand strategy. I didn't want to give people tips about social media. Um, so that's kind of what the podcast is about. I sometimes mention the business on the podcast, but I try almost like stay away from it mm. because yes, it's your creative project. Yeah, I don't want it to turn into something that I need to like strategize for my marketing. I just want to have an outlet to like. Great. And that's kind of the podcast. (laughs) So do you, do you interview people? Do you like, what's the format of the podcast? Uh, So we just wrapped up season one Mm -hmm. and it was all solo episodes. So I explored topics kind of like what it's like to live abroad or find home as an adult, Um, what it's like to make friends as an adult, uh, grieving, like personal Mm. identities and stories mm. about yourself lots of yeah. random things I love that um, in my um and then I am about to record season two and I will be interviewing people in that one um I don't really know why I decided that I kind of was just like well because it's yours it- you can do whatever you yeah. want <laughs> And there's a there's a big um, audience for that. Like um, during lockdown, I wrote and performed a story for an online festival, and it was about like being a multiracial Jew of mm. color, and there being like almost no Jewish community of like my flavor of Jews mm. in Australia. Um, and people like I shared the recording on Instagram and the festival shared it on YouTube and people messaged to me afterwards being like you know like thank you like yes me too I think also because in my family is um my mom's side of my family is North African and there's just there's just not many of us 
and that were also like not instantly recognizable. So like we might pass each other on the street and like not know. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a super, super, I think, powerful thing to talk about and also very close to my own heart. So I'm going to go and listen to that after this. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to find like, I don't know. I just wanted to have conversations that found like random, not random, but like pockets of people who kind of like float in between um, areas or like identities. Mm -hmm. And it was more like, oh, I kind of exist here, but I don't, but I kind of exist there. And like, it's just for the people who I call them floaters. Um, which is my definition of somebody who never really had like a core group of friends, but they had multiple groups of friends and their multiple groups of friends kind of like, I guess, brought out different parts of somebody's identity or somebody's personality. And it's this yearning of, I've always wanted a core group of friends to just be like, Hey, you want to grab pizza? But it's for the people who are like, well, who do I want to be today? Like, what part of myself do I need to nurture today? Just which a casual group? question, which has oh, yeah. absolutely nothing to do with nothing. And feel free not to answer. We can edit this out. But um, are you neurodivergent at all? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've never taken a test. So not saying, no, I'm not saying that what you're describing is like that, but like commonly <laughs> it's something like, to think about you know I've, had, I've been having this conversation with uh, my partner and my sisters and like I asked actually my therapist well no I, I told my therapist I thought I was like at one season of my life potentially going through depression so I asked her um, and she sent me like a test, which I don't know if it was actually for depression because it read like it was for ADHD. Um, and I just answered all the questions, and the, but we never actually went through it. So I don't know the results of the test. I have my own answers, but um, there's that. Yeah. The, listen, the so I have ADHD and I mean, let's face it, Liv does too. Um, but... <laughs> Martha the diagnosis. Yeah. But the, my doctor said to me like that, you know, we put all these things in place to kind of work around this. And if it's not distressing, it's not distressing. And you just mm -hmm. continue the way you are. And when it becomes distressing, like there are things that, you know, can really help. So it's, yeah, like I didn't know I was neurodivergent until I was 39, but I agree. Like a lot of that, who do I want to be, that uh, sort of story sounds familiar to me, mm -hmm. you know, while I'm, I'm just, you know, just like a boring, regular old white lady, I am like, I get it in that sense, right? Like, who yeah. am yeah. I? in this group where do I fit and it's yeah it does have you know little pains of neurodivergence just a little like uh, like a little whiff of it just a whiff <laughs> just um, tiny yeah that sounds so interesting so wh what's it called I'm lost now what is that the title I'm lost so what so what okay so, uh, got yeah. it we Excellent. will link that in the show notes totally but 
So going back to who you serve, you help, you know, queer BIPOC people, have you always been really clear on like that being your values or is that a bit of a process? Like tell the listeners how you came to run your business so in alignment with your personal values. And when I say tell the listeners, I mean, tell me, please, because I'm trying to get there. Um, so I'm going through the process again, actually. So Liv, when you were saying like, you're going to revisit and refresh like website and go through all of those things. Uh, yesterday, I just sat down and like mapped out this like updated thing that I need to like dig through. So I'll tell you um, how I got to it until yesterday when I decided to change everything. Um, So prior to, I actually, I think I've, for the past maybe two or three years now, maybe three, um, I said that I work with um, queer, BIPOC, and feminist founders. Um, Prior to that, I worked or I said I worked with like hospitality tourism brands. Um, So it was definitely a process. Um, It took a while, mainly because I think I was really scared to say a lot of the things that I do now. Um, Mm -hmm. And also get enough like thick skin to, I guess, like, what is the word? Repel a lot of potentially Mm -hmm. people saying what are you doing like asking those types of questions so it took a long time to get here really um I do remember I said I kind of wanted to switch my niche from hospitality tourism to social enterprises and social like impact businesses that was maybe in 2019 and I did market research with like small businesses and most of them were like I'm not, um, I'm not that. And I was like, that's weird because your entire mission and message says you are, mm-hmm. um, without saying that you are. Yeah. So then I had to kind of find different ways to actually say it. Um, I feel like now people know what social businesses are, social impact businesses are. Um, but back in 2019, I think small business owners were like, no, I, I just want to do things differently. Which yeah. in my mind, I was like, you are a social impact business. But yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So so the, I think like there's also a reluctance, you know, particularly with the word feminist, which I mean, we're obviously feminists and, but there's this thing of like, I don't want to own that or I don't want to. And so it's, but I mean, the, the amazing thing about it is you're going to, it's going to appeal to the people that you want and it's going to like piss off the people that you don't want. So then hopefully you won't even ever hear from them. But you said you get, do you get some pushback like online or just from people who, what are they, like, what are they pushing back against? Just that you, ugh, what are they doing? What are they saying? Let's, let's yell about them for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> So I think most of the time, like within my own community and network, like the people who follow the Quirky Pineapple Studio or myself, um, they are not saying anything, thank goodness. I mean, they're opting to follow me, so I I suppose they wouldn't say anything. Um, But I have had some friends kind of question like, oh, I don't really know why you're talking about being like anti-capitalist. 
Um, so you're a communist. I assume uh, you mean ex-friends. These are the ex-friends <laughs> now, right? Well, I've even had like some family members who will be like, oh, what is this like feminist thing that you're doing? Or, oh, why do you have a business if you are talking about being anti-capitalist? Mm-hmm. Um, I've received like hate emails before. So yeah, it was interesting. I don't know what happened. They kind of came in um Maybe it was last year or earlier this year. I received two hate emails um, that were quite intense. Uh, they called me a twat. Uh, I, I think they were British. Well, they called. Well, me I was going to say, so they're English. Um, yeah, I have you. <laughs> have you seen those signs where it's like a restaurant will write in chalk outside, like the worst pizza this one lady on Yelp has ever had in her life? <laughs> A stranger I mean, yes, thinks I'm a twat. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense. They were like, some. I think the hate email also was like, eat shit and die, you like lesbian twat. Um, this is why you're a lesbian because like no guy will date you. And you're like, um, holy shit, I'm a lesbian? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean <laughs> Thank my you. favorite response to that is... <clears throat> Don't be mad that I get more pussy than you do. Mm. <laughs> That's a good I one. I didn't even respond. Yeah. Um, oh. We use fake emails. So. Yeah. Um, but that's that's awful. I'm sorry that you received any hate mail because so undeserved. And we love you here. We support what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who are wanting to shift their business to be like more aligned and are feeling a bit uneasy, um, or for people who want to shift their business to be more aligned, but they're not like super clear on what their core values are, what advice would you give to our listeners and me? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the first thing is probably that it takes time um depending on like how vocal you want to be with um your values and then also I think taking into account um privilege around safety um like for me I have quite a bit of privilege to say all of these things I am not in any like physical space where my safety can be threatened. I have um, a support network I can turn to uh, if like the hate emails come in or if like something happens, like I have my partner, my family, my therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would first take those into account um, before like going out and saying, you know, fuck the system, I'm an anti-capitalist marketer. Um, and kind of, I guess, do a little intake of, okay, how, how much can you at this moment where you don't compromise like your physical or financial safety? Um, Mm. because I could take that risk. Like I had like enough income coming in to like start switching. And then when I switched, um, like my partner also was like, Hey, if something happens, like I have my full-time job, um, I can support us if necessary. So I would say that first. Um, but if you are wanting to, um, 
there are a couple things. Uh, I know Liv, you said if they're not sure about their values, but I would say, hey, maybe sit down and figure out what your values are <laughs> um, first. And then maybe you don't have to, like if you have a business, you don't have to do like make an announcement on social media or update on your website yet. But mm. maybe this could be an opportunity for you to communicate it with your current clients first. Um, yeah. Kind of just, hey, I'm going to, I'm switching things up. Like, I want to do X, Y, Z. Um, it could also be including things in like your onboarding forms or like your intake. Um, for example, like with the Quirky Pineapple Studio, a small change we did in the beginning was just to ask for pronouns when you send yeah. them a form. Um, and then for our onboarding process, we asked if you have like a physical or mental disability that might impact our work that we should know about. Um, and then we give people the option to say yes or no. And then um, if they want to, they can explain what it is so we have a better understanding, but we don't like push. So that's required. Like, yeah. 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 I, I think that that is a very, very good piece of advice. What, what I understood from what you just said is you don't have to announce what your core values are you just need to live by them. And I think I definitely have found it very satisfying and very fulfilling to once I kind of got more clear on my core values, which I did in a session with Lene Carmichael, who was a previous guest on our podcast and was amazing. We love her. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got some clarity on that, um, it felt so good to sit and think about how those were going to impact how I behave in my business, how I communicate with my clients, how I protect my own time, what kind of projects I say yes to, how I market myself, like, and even how I spend my downtime because the values that you live by in your business are really not different to the values that you live your life by. And we spend so much of our lives working, whether it's in a job or in our business that like, like obviously they need to align and you Mm -hmm. want to be in alignment. And, you know, for me, it's like, I want to seek novelty and pleasure and flexibility, like all, like things that I have gotten very good at seeking out in my personal life. I'm just starting to figure out how to incorporate into my business and Mm. it is a process and it does take time like my business has gone through so many iterations I've been doing this for five years um and I feel like it just gets more gratifying as you go yeah totally agree yeah it's and and that thing I think of like you know you don't have to announce it straight away and like I because I used to be a teacher at a religious school, bleh. and so just being <laughs> able to, yeah, meh, <laughs> just being able to like say what I believe about things was like so freeing when I started my business, and so it, I never did that thing where I was like, I need to be professional. I need to like I was just like I get to say whatever I want now because I'm not teaching people's kids anymore in a religious school. Like it's just it's freeing. And then once you kind of know what it is, it becomes natural to put it into your, like into your comms and, and that sort of thing. So that's, thank you for those tips, Cassandra. I loved those. Now, yeah. 
can you tell us, Cassandra lives in Spain, listener. Can you tell us about your ideal day? Yes. Um, so this took a while for me to figure out. Uh, I've tried very many things. I've worked with like life coaches and leadership coaches. Um, I know this is going to be juicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so figured, yeah, it's been a whole process, y'all. Um, okay, so I figured out that my ideal day starts whenever I wanted to start. So I'll just say that first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ranges from like 9 a.m. until maybe 11.30 a.m. So I learned that I love slow mornings. Um, and when I say slow mornings, I mean like really slow mornings. Um, I like waking up uh, whenever I feel like getting out of bed. I will brush my teeth, change, maybe stay in pajamas. Um, I realize that I always need to have a glass of water before I have my coffee. Um, and I journal every every day. So I'll pull like I have Oracle cards. Um, so I'll pull an Oracle card for the day and I spend at least like 30 minutes, 15, 30 minutes journaling. Um, if I don't journal, uh, I notice that my brain is just kind of like too full of things before I start the, the day. So then when I get into work, um, I'm like scattered and don't really know what I'm doing. So I always always need to journal. Um, and then I just started adding in like morning stretching and well, my yoga teacher told me you have to do two sun salutations cause I wasn't doing anything. Um, <laughs> so now I've incorporated two sun salutations and a little bit of stretching, sometimes meditation. Uh, and then after all of that, I will decide, do I feel like opening up my laptop? Is this what I want to do? Uh, some days it's not. So I'll just kind of like derp around and do other random things that I don't know what they are. Um, and then sometimes I'm like, okay, let's just start and I'll open my laptop and then I start my day. Okay. Wait, how do you give yourself the grace to be like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this today because I would love that. And I cannot yet escape the internal pressure that I put on myself. Liv, Cassandra is an evolved human being. And she lives in Spain, so. (laughs) I do think the time difference of um, the clients that I work with Mm. gives me an advantage. Um, So, like, we have some clients in Europe and we've had or we have some clients in the United States. Majority of them are in the United States. So technically, depending on where they are, I am six or nine hours ahead of them. Um, everybody's sleeping. Do you so, work in the evenings or? Um, so I start, so now it's nine um, on the East Coast of the US, then it is 3.30 in the morning. And then on the West Coast of the US, it is now... 1235 midnight. Mm. So nobody is emailing me. Mm. And because we do like some content for them, um, nothing's going out at this time because mm. everybody's just asleep. So mm. I definitely Pro use life tip. Advantage. Move somewhere with optimal 
time difference to your clients. Yeah, that's, that's a good great. One. I don't know if everybody very, needs to do very easy to apply as well. Yeah. It's very yes. Everybody yeah. just move. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but okay. So on those days where you're not feeling it, do you not work at all or do you just work a bit in the evening? Um, I think it, uh, like it ebbs and flows. So there are definitely days where I feel like the pressure where I'm like, Oh, I have to do it. Like mm-hmm. I said, I would do it. I want to just like cross it off my list. So I push myself. Um, mm-hmm. and then there are other days where like maybe even after journaling, I still feel really scattered. So I kind of just like do what I can in the pockets of time where I'm like, okay, I don't feel like so bad. Yeah. Let me work on this for like however long I need to. And then, um, I'll stop. And then I do kind of pace the house often when I'm in those days and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm being lazy. And then my partner will just be like, why don't you read or like color Mm -hmm. or paint your watercolors or take a walk. And I'm like, no, I need to be working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not. So like what's happening right now is you're just standing here preventing me from working. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, can yeah. you like go away? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's awesome. It sounds like you've really sort of learned how to tune into your mental health, I guess, or whatever your mood, um, and let that guide your work. So, for people who want to do that more, but are maybe afraid about not earning enough money if they don't work the equivalent of full time what advice would you give those people? Is it just that you've built your business up enough and you have some contractors or have, have you always done this and you found a way like, cause it sounds like a very, um, appealing thing and a very gentle thing. Um, yeah, this wasn't always the case. Um, and actually just like, as we're recording this, we actually just took a really big hit um, revenue wise, um, recession is really making things Mm. a little hard over here. Mm. Uh, and now so I think AI and chat GPT is potentially making me obsolete, but that's okay. Um, I'm okay with robots replacing me. I just need to find a different income stream before they do. Um, so right now we don't have the same amount of revenue coming in as we did in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and thinking about doing things that are revenue generating right now, like working and like all of that stuff. Um, I feel that pressure mainly because we took a really big hit. Mm. Um, But maybe because I've had my business now for like five years, I know that the more pressure I put on myself to try and make money, um, the less I will enjoy mm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to burn myself out in that regard. So it's kind of like this balance. But I mean, just yesterday, like when we were having dinner, my partner was like, are you okay? And I was just like slogging it um, for most of the evening because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Sucks maybe I should just quit and find a job. I keep telling my sisters, um, should I shut down the business? I asked one of my sisters if she would fund my sabbatical. 
She said yes, by the way. Um, she was like, I'll come over and I'll fund your sabbatical. And I think she's also using it as a, a little bit of an excuse to like escape whatever she's going through. Great. <laughs> so there's that. So I don't know if I have like the perfect answer to it. I feel like we don't want the perfect answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we just, we just want what you have tried and what you've thought about. It's a lot of like thinking, I think, um, a lot of journaling, um, mm. a lot of like just saying, Hey, you're doing the best you can. Like, mm. it's not entirely your fault like you have responsibility but again everything in the world is happening so there's only so much that you can control yeah and thank you for sharing that it's and like it's I think really hard to kind of go through those things and share them but it sounds like you're looking at it from or you know you're getting to the place where you can look at it from the perspective of like okay what's the next thing what do you know how do we and that is like that growth mindset, right? And it's also fine to go through moments of like, oh my God, maybe I should shut it down. Like, because you do have to consider all the options when a big change happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you for sharing with us because that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah. And and also I'll, I not too long ago had like a recent crisis and I spoke to Martha and my friend Verity, the business strategist, who we also love with a passion. Um, And we had a really long chat about life and mental health and money and business and all the things. And I came out of that conversation with the conclusion that um, like nothing is static and it's actually totally fine if you want to go and take a full-time job for a while just to give your brain a rest from the thinking and the planning and the pressure that's fine like you're not a failure Mm. it's so valid to just like take a bit of pressure off yourself replenish your bank accounts for a bit and then come back to your business if you want to like Mm. if you feel like it Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting up, we're journaling, we're meditating, we're doing two sun salutations, no less. And then if you're kind of, when you're like in your work day and it is a day that you're, that you're getting stuff done, do you have, are you like a checklist person? Are you a time block person? What do you do to kind of get through the work day? Uh, so when I first started, this entire journey, I tried time blocking. Um, I think back then I liked it, but then I ran out of things to do. Either I ran out of things to do in that time block, or I felt like I had to rush to finish everything in that time block. Mm. So yeah, I, I stopped time blocking because I was like, this is not working for me. Um, yeah. So I am a checklist person. Um, I love, I love a good project management tool. Mm-hmm. So everything that we have is either in a project management tool or I, I do bullet journaling. So I have my bullet journal with like my tasks for the day. And whenever I finish the task, um, I just color my little bubble and then I move on to the next one. And I'm, that works. I'm too messy for bullet journaling. I'm just like very impressed with people who have like need enough writing and like have are able to like make it look cute because I'm just like... <laughs> Um, and so are you, what, what tool do you use the, the project management tool? What's your poison? 
Um, I have teamwork. Mm. So I've, I've gone through a lot of them though. Mm. I've done like Asana. I tried Trello. I don't like this whole like Kanban thing. I don't mm-hmm. like moving. I feel like that's like an, an additional thing I have to do. Yeah. Um, I tried ClickUp once. ClickUp at that point it, or like that stage of my business, I was like, this thing is way too big. Like mm. it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this one called Same Page and then they didn't allow people to use it outside of the US. So they kicked me out, not okay. them out. Uh, so then we switched to teamwork. Yeah. And teamwork works really well. I like it. Um, it keeps all of our projects like internal projects uh organized and then also it's super easy to organize like client stuff mm-hmm. and it's similar to my bullet journal so there's like a little circle with like a little check um right. and every time I finish I just like do that and it crosses it out at the same time and disappears oh that's nice it's great that's pretty good that's pretty good and so then are you like when it's kind of you know almost mid-afternoon for you some of your clients are starting to wake up and start getting in touch um is that is that like a big kind of surge in your work day or do you have kind of stuff in place to you know keep the revs down and just stay focused definitely the latter so I've learned two things and they don't necessarily work they're not like as complimentary so here in Spain lunchtime is around 1 32 p.m mm-hmm. um which in the united states on the east coast that's about 8 a.m mm. so people will be kind of waking up so i have like lunch very nice and peaceful quiet um but i've learned after lunch i also get a little lazy um mm. now that i've eaten especially now in the summer here um it gets warmer i'm not really feeling like doing much uh so when people start emailing me around 4 p.m. my time, which is when they really start waking up and start moving. Mm. Um, it's uh, I think I set up like a good enough system where whatever they're emailing me about is not urgent anymore. Yeah. Um, so I can sit and respond to emails, mm. um, but I can't really do much like some creative work I can do mm-hmm. but it can't be too mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I figured out mm-hmm. that when people start waking up I am actually winding down yeah so I need to figure out a way to like get ahead mm. I love that though that idea of like getting a bunch of stuff done before these emails start coming in and then you can kind of use those emails as like what things do I need to do tomorrow? Like, how can I, you know, Mm. allocate these things so that you kind of have an idea of what's in store for you the next day? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to feel really bad because I was like, oh, you know, they have to tell me early or when Mm. it's like maybe 5 p.m., 5, 6, 7, um, on the East Coast, that's maybe like 11, 12, 1. Mm. And people are like now just really getting into their work yeah. day. And I used to feel really bad because I was like, oh, I'm like shutting down. Yeah. Um, and I think I would like extend my work day a lot to mm. try and like, you know, fit everything in that people wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, um, well, I need boundaries. And yeah. this, I just need to communicate them. And for the betterment of everybody and like quality of work, 
they also need to be on their shit and give me stuff earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So what elements do you require to consider a day successful? That was such a formal way. I don't know why yeah. I said it like that, but. <laughs> that was like but a you deep know. I'm like, yeah. wow. Maybe I, <laughs> I can ask it in another way. How do you know you've had a good day? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a Thank conversational you, copywriter, guys. That's why they came in the big bucks. Um, to give same you, yeah. it, it is it is a hard question to give you some reference. Previous people that we've asked, some people have said, you know, I it's a good day if I feel productive and I get I get um, to like immerse myself in my work. And other people have said it's a good day if I like achieve that flow state. Or it's a good day if I access my creativity and spend time with my kids or mm. if I, you know, I showed up as my whole self with my family. So, uh, you know, it can really be anything. But, yes, how do you know you've had a good day? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never actually thought about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have, like, a an answer. I feel like... Mm-hmm. it's if I got excited about something mm. and it doesn't necessarily need to be around like work or um, projects or whatever else. Um, it could just be, Oh, cool. We like booked the hotel for the wedding that we're going to. Yeah. I'm really yeah. looking for that. Um, or it could be that we took a walk uh, to like a local bakery and I spent a couple extra euros buying like fancy bread. Yeah. Love that. I think it's more that. Love that. So how long have you been living in Spain and how did you end up living in Spain? We sort of started talking about this before we started recording, but let, can you just tell us that? Yeah. Um, so I have been here collectively seven, eight years. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact number. Um, Full time, like actually living as a resident since the end of 2017. Yeah. Um, I first came here though in, I think, August of 2014. Yeah. Right after I graduated from university, uh, I just aged myself there. Okay. <laughs> I'm much older than you. It's fine. Liv was basically <laughs> born that day that you went to Spain. So it's, it's all right. I was just going. I finished university 10 years earlier than she did. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so I actually came here uh, teaching English abroad. And mm-hmm. I met my now partner. Uh, we weren't dating at the time. And then and then six months later, we started dating. And then from there, it kind of just snowballed. And um, I did leave Spain for a year and a half. So after June 2016, I moved back home. Yeah. I got a full-time job, um, but we were doing long distance. So we had the conversation of who is moving, uh, which country makes the most sense for us to live in. He came over to the U.S. and tried it for a little bit. And he was like, and he was oh. like, the United States <laughs> makes no sense. We can't stay yeah, here. He was yeah. like, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, it's like, <laughs> cool. I love like your diverse food options. But he was like, your work culture, not for me. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so we decided that I would go back. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So what part of Spain do you live in? I used to live in Madrid. Uh, we were in Madrid for about three years. And mm-hmm. then after COVID, um, we did a like digital nomad year during COVID. Not Do not recommend. Um, so we were moving around Spain. Um, so we lived in the south. We lived on the Mediterranean. And now we are in Toledo, which is about an hour south of Madrid. Central. Ooh, south nice. Madrid. I love or that. Central yeah. Spain. Um, mm. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I was just going to ask, I mean, it sounds like you have tried a lot of things. Um, so I would love to ask if you have a tweak of the week and what is something that you are trying at the moment? Mm. Uh, so I've been working with a leadership coach um, and trying to incorporate more rest into like my life. Something um, mm. that I am trying to do now is dedicate 30 minutes to play. Um, mm. And before I say the rest, I actually haven't dedicated 30 minutes to play. Uh, and we've talked about this for about a month now. Um, it's hard. It yeah. is hard. And I think also, I don't know what play is anymore to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually yesterday I did dedicate like maybe 15, 20 minutes to color. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was, while I was coloring, I was like, is this playing? I don't feel like this is playing. Yeah. Like it's playing. Am I playing well enough? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what can I mom- play more playfully? Yeah. 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 <laughs> play. I kept imagining like running around outside, like when you were a kid mm, and like yeah. playing with like dolls or Legos or like yeah. things and like doing like an imaginary scene. Mm, and yeah. I was just sitting and coloring and I was like, is this can play? I tell you something I that I have found helpful with this? Because mm. play is also a very, very, very central value in my life um I was a very melancholy child and young adult so I've had to very proactively seek out play and joyfulness and it is hard to remember what it is by yourself and I found that putting yourself into a situation where the play is like externally imposed Mm -hmm. makes it easier for you to find it again by yourself And that was a very fancy sentence. I don't know what's with me today, but I do gymnastics classes for that reason. Or I will go and do like a random dance class of a style that I've never done before. Or I'll go and do like an art class, like a structured thing where I'm a complete beginner and I just show up. And that has been so helpful Mm. for me in figuring out how to play because I think a lot of play, a lot of the pleasure and also the benefit from play comes from trying things out and being silly. And as adults, we are trained out of embracing being novices at something. So maybe if you're struggling um, with embracing play, don't think about embracing play. Put yourself in situations where you are a beginner and think about that instead. With no expectation of being good at it. And Mm. like even with no expectation of like do a dance class, but don't continue. Like just do one. Don't get good at it. Just suck at it. Do it once and that's it. Yeah. That's that that when you start talking about play, I was like, oh God, yeah. Cause like I have kids and like I don't want to do what they're doing to play. Like I don't wanna 
whatever play with whatever they're playing with but it is tricky and my, a friend of mine she and her partner do these little like you know they'll each go to like Kmart or whatever with $20 and get something fun to do together so they which I thought was so cute like one week they were doing like tie-dye t-shirts and then like another night they got stoned and had like a lego building competition like so they bought two things that were about the same size and just made the lego and it's like that finding fun you know, yeah, and putting your a skill. Yeah, putting your phone away to be like, okay, now I'm gonna go and do something fun is a challenge. So that so yesterday you tried with the coloring, you weren't sure if you were playing well enough, but that are there things like nearby that you could like try, like gymnastics or like trampoline or you know, something like that? Would you be interested in that? Yeah, I actually went to a, we have like a little trampoline play, I don't know what they're called, hmm. room? Trampoline well, house? Trampoline field. Yes. It's a trampoline field for sure. <laughs> yes, so we went to a trampoline field. Um, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, then I realized um, my back later, <laughs> uh, like the goal of my stretching and yoga is to like, not be hunched Mm. (laughs) um and then jumping was fun but then later it wasn't fun it went like (sighs) and so I need to spend time stretching a lot after so I was like maybe this yeah but I like the um painting or like Mm. ceramic um that could be cool Yeah. yeah that's good oh cool I love that I love the idea of 30 minutes of play I don't know that I have time for 30 minutes of play, but I can really see the benefits. Um, Martha, so. you will make time. I know. Yeah, something that um, my leadership coach shared, uh, her name is Giselle Allen. Um, she actually was like, what if we reframe that you don't have time? Because I told her the same thing. I was like, I don't have time. Um, and she was like, what if you just had a lot of time to waste? And that it's okay to waste time and that play is just part of wasting mm. time. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was, so, I was sort of being facetious when I said I don't have time because I know I have to make time for things, but I yeah. really yeah. love that idea. And I really, I want to follow up with you again in six months and see how your playing is going because I feel like you're on the cusp of like the best fucking playing of your life. I hope so because uh, <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to find yeah. play. Yeah. You can see it in your future. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Cassandra, do you have an offer that you want to share with the listeners or do you just want to tell us where we can find you? What's the, is there anything you want to sort of talk about? We've talked about the podcast. What else do you want to share? Um, offers. Don't worry about it if you don't. Okay. The only thing I can think of is um, I am hosting, I don't know if your listeners would want to join, but Mm. um, I am hosting a retreat in Toledo next year. Uh, Uh, When? um, We, it is, when is it? It's May 6th to 10th. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hosted our first retreat this year for small businesses. Um, next year we are hosting it again. Um, but this time we're focusing on like building your personal brand and like your thought leadership. 
we got like tax deductible holiday people yeah. get on um, it. So oh my god, Liv, we should go. Yeah. yeah. That's very close so, to my birthday, also. Just ooh, quietly. Mm. Are you a Taurus? I am. Yeah. Um, I can see Hardcore. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the retreat called? Does it have a name? Yeah, it's called the VIPNA, since we are the quirky pineapple. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh my God. It is uh, the VIPNA brand retreat. Ah, and excellent. Yeah, it's, we got like a giant mansion in the middle of the old city of Toledo. Yeah. Um, and there are 10 rooms. So everybody gets their own private suite with their own bathroom. Oh um, there's like a patio space. We're including uh, Roman. I think they're Roman. No, they're Arab thermal baths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have like a thermal bath and massage included in the retreat. And then like a walking tour and just okay. like, I'm going to just meet and chill. And I am going to be um, Googling that. That sounds amazing. And so where, what is, can you tell us your website and can you let us know where we can find you, please? Yeah. So you can find me or the Quirky Pineapple Studio. Uh, our website is thequirkypineapple.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to connect with the Quirky Pineapple on Instagram, it's at the Quirky Pineapple Studio. And then if you want to follow me, it is at Cassandra T-L-E on Instagram. And the podcast is I'm Lost. So what? Love it. And I get your emails. If you live, you should sign up to get Cassandra's emails. They're very good. Um, thank you so much for joining us today here on the podcast. And we will be keeping our eye on the VIP retreat because I really want to go to it. So thank you so much for your time. We really, really loved talking to you. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. Like this conversation was awesome. Oh. I love sharing and like just being honest and oh. not like holding things back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be subscribing to your podcast and getting all up in that so enjoy your day our day as you know is almost over (laughs) so have a good one and thanks so much thank you the one that works for you is hosted by Liv Stigrad and me Martha Barnard Ray if you liked the podcast drop us a rating send it to your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode if you didn't it might be time to take a good long look at yourself